Welcome to the Sick Network Podcast, a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora. Sacrificing Six, The Need for an Investigation The Highly Anticipated Report Commissioned by the Sikh Federation UK Written by Phil Miller Narrated by Sonny Osan Commission designed and published by the Sikh Federation UK Chapter 1 Introduction Searching for the Truth 1984 is a year six can never forget. It has been reported that up to 150,000 Indian Army troops were sent to the northern Indian state of Punjab, the Sikh homeland, equipped with helicopter gunships and tanks. A military assault, codenamed Operation Blue Star, began on 1st of June 1984. The Sikh's holiest site, the Sri Harmandar Sahib, often referred to as the Golden Temple Complex, in Amritsar was attacked by the Indian Army on the false pretext of apprehending a handful of militants lodged inside. Vijayanta tanks let loose a barrage of highly explosive shells, which destroyed the Akal Takht, the temporal seat of the Six. The tanks used were exclusively built and supplied by Vickers Armstrong Limited, a British engineering conglomerate. According to eyewitness reports, seven to 8,000 pilgrims were massacred. The Christian Science Monitor summed up the situation on 8 June 1984, writing, For five days the Punjab has been cut off from the rest of the world. There is a 24-hour curfew. All telephone and telex lines are cut. No foreigners are permitted entry and on Tuesday all Indian journalists were expelled. There are no newspapers, no trains, no buses, not even a bullock cart can move. Orders to shoot on sight were widely carried out. The whole of the Punjab, with its 5,000 villages and 50 major cities, was turned into a concentration camp. The rules were what the Indian Army and its political decision-makers decided. The Indian Army unleashed a terror unprecedented in post-independence India. Many other Sikh shrines were simultaneously attacked. Operation Blue Star was accompanied simultaneously by Operation Woodrose, a crackdown on Sikhs, mostly males aged 15 to 35, across the Punjab. Mary Ann Weaver, writing in the Sunday Times on 22 July 1984, said, Thousands of people have disappeared from India's Punjab state since the raid on the Sikh's Golden Temple seven weeks ago. In some villages, men between 15 and 35 have been bound, blindfolded and taken away, the sources say. Their fate is unknown. Months later, after Prime Minister Indira Gandhi was assassinated by her Sikh bodyguards in revenge, sectarian mobs in Delhi and the Punjab were allowed to go on a genocidal rampage against Sikhs, killing almost 3,000 in the capital alone. The alienation, persecution and extermination of Sikhs led many in the Punjab to resort to an armed struggle for independence from the Indian state, which carried on for a decade until brutal counter-insurgency policies, characterised by mass human rights violations including torture, disappearances and extrajudicial killings brought it to an end. 
There was understandable shock when in 2014 some British government files from 1984 were finally declassified under the 30-year rule and it emerged in three highly incriminating letters that in February 1984 Margaret Thatcher had sent an SAS Special Forces officer to Amritsar to advise the Indian authorities on how to forcibly remove Sikh dissidents from the sacred Sri Harmandar Sahib just months before the Indian Army launched its Operation Blue Star attack. Then Prime Minister David Cameron, who had less than a year earlier visited Amritsar and commemorated Britain's 1919 Jallianwala Bagh massacre, sensed the gravity of the situation with the news making international headlines. Faced with demands for a public inquiry from the Sikh community, Cameron told Parliament on 15 January 2014 that he was ordering Sir Jeremy Haywood, the Cabinet Secretary and most senior civil servant, to conduct an internal review, not an inquiry, into the revelations. Barely a fortnight later, on 3 February 2014, the Haywood review was completed, having allegedly searched around 200 files in excess of 23,000 documents held by all relevant departments covering the handling of events in Amritsar from the period December 1983 to June 1984. Ostensibly a comprehensive and exhaustive exercise, Haywood only saw fit to declassify five more letters. This was on the basis that we do not release information relating to the intelligence agencies or special forces. Given that this entire controversy centred around the activity of Britain's special forces, many felt that Haywood's restrictive approach was inappropriate. The public were expected to trust his conclusion that the UK military officer advice had limited impact in practice. This whitewash underestimated the wider grievance and sense of betrayal among the Sikh community. Once it was revealed that a British Special Forces officer carried out a reconnaissance of their holiest site, there was a need to know what else was said about six in the files, if only to restore trust and allay suspicions that the Haywood Review was yet another cover-up. Furthermore, the human rights implications of this episode cuts across all communities. The British state has a duty to investigate any alleged involvement of its officials in war crimes, crimes against humanity and torture. The state's paramount obligation is to protect life, not to sacrifice the rights of one section of society for the sake of other interests. As another result of the Amritsar disclosures, the Prime Minister ordered a review by Sir Alex Allen, former chairman of the Joint Intelligence Committee, into the release of government files to the National Archives. Sir Alex's report commented that the Amritsar papers were only released due to a mistake where the reviewer did not spot references to the SAS. His opinion echoed that of Sir Jeremy, who had described the original disclosures as inadvertent. In other words, the Sikh community and the public at large was never meant to have known that the SAS carried out military reconnaissance in Amritsar months before a major massacre of pilgrims. Far from reassuring the community, these reviews deepened their sense of betrayal. The effect of the Haywood-Allen reviews was that government departments would have to be far more careful in the future about what they released to the National Archives. Contrary to David Cameron's claim to be leading a transparency revolution in open government, Sir Alex also found that the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, FCO, 
had a vast backlog of over half a million files and would fail to meet its declassification deadlines. This has delayed the Sikh Federation UK gaining access to many of the files from 1984, despite the government's transparency agenda, which introduced legislation that promised a streamlined 20-year rule. The Sikh community, which had demanded a full public inquiry and continues to do so, instead received an internal review by the Cabinet Office and a housekeeping exercise by Sir Alex, both of which demonstrated the inadequacies of the normal declassification process for anyone seeking the truth after suffering an injustice involving Britain's special forces or intelligence agencies. After being kept in the dark for three decades, Six would have to wait even longer, perhaps indefinitely, for more, invariably censored, files to arrive at the archives. Despite these obstacles, the Sikh Federation UK has conducted its own investigation of the limited declassified material available at the National Archives. Our findings contradict the Hayward Review's conclusions and demonstrate the need for a full independent investigation, without any ministerial veto on national security grounds, to recover the truth. It is disappointing that Britain, the mother of parliaments, has maintained its opacity in respect of its relations with India, the world's largest democracy, about a period in which profoundly undemocratic policies were enacted on this minority community. Welcome to the Sikh Network Podcast, a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora.